Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Hi, Mom. Welcome to show number 225. Why Ian. haven't they stopped us yet? <laughs> no one has stepped that's, in. That's it's officially a, halfway to 300, It's right? an old joke that goes way back, and it's not even very funny, which is, I think, why we continue to, you know, keep recycling it. So, uh, so welcome. It's show number 225. Uh, we have uh, Highway Vodka in the house today, and Highway Vodka is hemp vodka, mm-hmm. which we will explain, and we'll even talk vodka cocktails oh, as yeah. the program goes on. But our special guests are from, um, are from Highway Vodka, and we are thrilled to have you guys here. Introduce yourself, please. Yes, I'm uh, Ben Williams, the uh, co-founder. And then. I'm Cody Robbins Fuller, the d- lead distiller and general manager. Now, Cody, did you start out with a hyphenated name? No. Or, no. <laughs> Cody Robbins Dash Fuller, right? Yeah, I got yeah. married December of 2020. So okay, so I, I thought, well, uh, congratulations. Thank yeah. you. 19. When, sorry. When, when I saw Cody Robbins Fuller written out, I was like, I'm. Pretty sure that's a wide receiver for the Steelers. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, I have to look into that. Yeah, Somebody's stealing my name. I, I, I don't know if it is, but there's there's so many hyphenated names now in right, football. Right. It's uh, uh, my favorite still huh. being Juju Smith Schuster. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. But oh it's, wow! Uh, Did you ever see that Key and Peele skit? Where they have all the football names. Oh no, I didn't. But that, oh, I'm sure that was hilarious. Absolutely that's, hilarious. That's such. A, th- those guys are so yeah. uh, are so awesome. Well, welcome to the show. It's smoking and toasting. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Uh, this is, as I said, show number 225. My name is Cruz. My partner is Ian. Adam is our producer on the wheels of steel, and uh, we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers, hoodies, uh, sweatshirts, t-shirts, and all starting under 20 bucks, which is really cool. Uh, Great for cigar lovers, and they are a sponsor of the show, so we encourage you to help them out since they help us out. It's uh, MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Cigars, yes. Uh, before we get started, big thanks to Docs and Bex from Plantation Rum, who were our guests oh, they were uh, last week, and were so much fun. Um, I, I'm excited to have Bex back when... Uh, Docs doesn't suck up all the air in the room and allows her to uh, <laughs> uh, to speak for a little while. Uh, but he, you know, Docs has always been one of our favorite guests, and so it's a pleasure to have him back. And, and Bex is new with uh, with Plantation, so it was awesome to meet her too. Uh, so a lot to do, lot to talk about today. Vodka, of course. Uh, we'll get into how and why you would use hemp and your uh, preparation and your distillation of vodka. And uh, we'll talk about some some pretty important things because Highway Vodka is from here in our home city of Houston. So it's really exciting for me, and I know for you as well, to see not only the explosion in craft brewing that's Mm -hmm. taken place in the city across the last five years, but what has followed pretty quickly after that is a real explosion in some high quality distilled spirits yes. and and it's it's so craft oriented and that just that just makes me happy on a personal level <laughs> you know what i mean cuz you know we can go out and buy you know the big the big names but it's so cool thinking of somebody is putting almost like this this handcrafted uh, vibe to what they're doing. It just feels good to expand the list of local heroes. You it know does, I mean? yeah, like, exactly. People doing and, it, and... and you know, the the show obviously is heard all over the country and all over the world. And we do our best to try to touch 
you know, craft distilleries and craft breweries and, and, and things from everywhere. Uh, but obviously, if they're here in our town in Houston, they can bring the stuff in with them. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So this is a, this is a pretty important You're element. So yeah, so uh, so we are uh, we are excited about it. Also on today's show, we'll be sampling some I think very interesting brews in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Fair State Brewing Co-op has teamed up with Shell's Beer, and they have produced something called Union Lager. Haven't tasted this, but we've had so many good pilsners and lagers over the past several weeks that uh, we're kind of on a, a lager roll here. So. I'm really enjoying. Enjoying that actually, it's yeah. been uh, like you know for the longest time with craft beer it was all all about IPAs. Yeah, and, and I'm and glad that, that of, of a lot of sorts. Yeah, and, and IPAs are okay, but I'm glad that that phase is a little bit past. And now we're starting to get into more craftier styles that aren't even way outside, but some of those really approachable styles. Well, and I love when you can have a pilsner lager and it's got. This extra element of flavor because you've got a, a master brewer that really, you know, isn't trying to make it taste like every other Budweiser that rolls out. I told you about that movie that I watched, right? Yeah. That's... Where they have this whole competition among all the Budweiser uh, master brewers around the world. And the competition's not to see who can make the best beer. The competition's to see who can make the one that tastes most like what Budweiser is supposed to taste like, mm. and it's a, it, it's an amazing. <laughs> what is, what, it's what it's on that? Amazon I Prime. I, uh, I I'll look it up and tell you yeah, before the end of the show. Would, it's yeah. definitely worth watching. Uh, it's fascinating how big a deal it is to them. I mean, they take it very seriously. Yeah. The same way you would you know expect that Budweiser's you know the guys at St. Arnold's are, are taking their uh, crafting of, of of great flavor beers, but their whole goal. Is to make the most Budweisery Budweiser they can make, and they have all these crazy. What about, testing what about the guy who gets discounted because? Sorry, it has a little too much flavor. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you know. This is what? delicious. You lose. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but but it, it's a great watch, That's and it will funny. it will actually tell you a little something about how big beer does things. So yeah. it's uh, it's fascinating, and uh, I, it, I really it, enjoy it. It reminds it. me of of uh, what was that Penelope Spears uh, movie, The Decline of Western Civilization. Uh, yes. yes. When 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 she her comment when she goes to interview Chris Holmes, who's just drunk in the pool with his mom <laughs> sitting poolside, right? Yes. She goes, "I left that interview, and I realized that I had nothing." And then when I rewatched it, I realized I had pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of that kind of movie is is that yes. right there. No, you're absolutely you know? right. When you first watched, at first I was, I was just kind of taken aback. I was like, I can't believe they do this. And then the more I watched it, the more sense it made. Yes, they do because that's that's what their thing is about. That's the Budweiser they they want to be they want to be consistent. They want you to open a Budweiser in Minneapolis today and one in Los Angeles next year and have those taste exactly. That's an admirable thing to that. McDonald's does that too. Yep, absolutely. You know, like you should be able to go over to uh Danheim and have the same Right. And Even though they'll call it a different name, like the Burger Royale versus whatever, but you want that burger <laughs> right, to be exactly the same. Now we're going to do a whole other movie, and that is right. for people who love that McDonald's. Was a great movie too. Yeah, that great was movie. a great movie. I just saw that. I just saw that scene again in one of those top ten Watch Mojo videos <laughs> I was watching. Scene. Oh, that scene is so good. Samuel Samuel L. Jackson. I swear he could read anything, and I would listen. Sure. He is he is just the, him and Morgan Freeman, who by the way is perfectly cast as God in the Lego Movie. 
because that's <laughs> that's what his voice is. That's what his voice brings yeah. to mind. It's just perfect. Anyway, so we'll do the uh, we'll do the Pilsner. I got uh, got sidetracked. You mentioned IPAs. Um, a new brewery or new to me. I don't know if you know of these guys. Do you know of B fifty two Brewing? And Con- I have heard of, Conroe? but I haven't. I don't think I've tried anything of those. All right, so this will be the first time we've tried this. It's their phased out black IPA. Which should be interesting, and then from an old favorite Anchorage Brewing Company uh, in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, we'll be trying their Tired but Wired Imperial Stout. So uh, I haven't tried that. Don't they make? uh, They do the Narwhal. No, that's Alaskan. That's Uh, Alaskan, right? And it's easy to get those two confused, right? Because Alaskan makes great beer too. Yeah, Uh, but uh, Anchorage is there. They really do. In addition to doing. A whole like series. They do like a different IPA every other week, I think. Right. But in addition to that, they do a lot of these stouts and these mm-hmm. specialty brews and uh, things to save. So we'll be getting into all of that, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll have drinking news today. I see you brought the ukulele. So, I did bring the ukulele. Uh, so we're we're in good shape. Drinking news is our segment here on the show, which uh, is where we share uh, a story that may or may not be about drinking, but is always probably the most enjoyable to hear. If you've been drinking. (laughs) Uh, Today's drinking news uh, teaser headline is, That's No Way to Treat a Lady. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, what was that? (laughs) What was that? That was my finger getting caught in the street. That that reminded me of an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. Uh, So, And, of course, um, uh, Cocktails with Highway Vodka today. We will uh, tell you a few things that are going on in the news. And if we have time, we'll explain... Beer goggles. Beer goggles. Yep. How they work, where they came from, and where the saying originated. Beer goggles explained on today's Smoking and I love that. So uh, so a lot to look forward to. Um, I, I want to thank you guys uh, for coming in from Highway Vodka, and we'll, we want to talk a little more about your vodka and stuff in the next uh, segment. But uh, a couple of uh, opening questions. How when was when did Highway Vodka come onto the scene? When when did you distill your first bottle for sale? Oh, for sale. Yeah. Uh, like February, late February of 2019. But you've been doing it, I guess, for, for a like while. eight years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? So what did you do with the? Did you, like family and friends? Like, yeah, who, that was who it. got it before then? Really? Yeah, that was it. We were just you know as a hobby. Uh, her dad and myself would sit in his horse barn and just run run stuff. Just I for love fun, stories like you that. Know? And it literally just was that. And then we owned a couple bars and restaurants, so we'd take them and let our regulars try the stuff, let friends and family try stuff. And, uh, you know, people started liking it. And then we started doing, like, our own little, like, Pepsi challenge, like, blind, mm-hmm. like, whatever your favorite mm-hmm. brand is. And we and just kept consistently winning. And so we just decided, like, hey, let's make a go at it. And I don't here wanna, we are. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but you mentioned owning restaurants. Mm-hmm. A restaurant that I believe you used to own? Correct. I had one of like the most amazing meals of my life at Lucille's. Yes. Oh my God, that food is good. I mean, it's the kind of thing where you go in and you you can tell when you walk in that it's going to be good, (laughs) and then it's even better than you were expecting. It's that kind of place. But what are those biscuits? Those yeah, those uh, so the chili biscuits. That's like my great grandmother's. That was her signature thing, and like she actually used to cater American Airlines with those back in the day. No kidding. The airline food has gone way down. It's way down. And the funny part about the chili biscuits is that, um, so my brother, that was my partner, we opened up the restaurant, and uh, he's the chef. And so he had to get approval to make the chili biscuits. So the only person in my family that could still make them from scratch was my aunt. 
my mom's mother. And so, I mean, uh, my mom's sister. And so uh, he had to go over there and work with her for about two weeks until she signed off like, okay, so, yeah, Okay, these are good enough. Yeah, that's how you do it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Well, thanks to her because yeah. those, <laughs> those, <laughs> if you're that alone is reason to go to Yeah. <laughs> if you're representing the family, you got to get it right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's right. For sure. You have to. That's for it sure. It was a thing. It was a total so thing. So when you were distilling in the barn, mm-hmm. uh, was it all, did you always have uh, hemp involved in the process no, or did that come later? It actually came like about... Hmm, about two years after messing around with all different types of grain bills and stuff, and we kind of started settling in on corn because we were just having the most success with corn. Mm-hmm. Then a buddy of mine opened a dispensary in California, and I went out there to mess with him for a little while. And uh, he introduced me to some friends that were doing some distilling with, like, you know, marijuana and stuff. So I was looking at what they did and, like, noticing some of the things that were happening during the fermentation period and stuff like that that I wanted to try when we got home. So we got home. We started just buying any parts of the plant that we could get here, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was all hemp. And so ended up settling on hemp seed because it was actually the easiest thing to get. And uh, then we started doing crazy stuff. We'd toast it. Oh, just 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 doing whatever, you know. Trying just, I bet, I bet yeah. your neighbors love the smell. <laughs> well, I tell you, my wife and, and, and his wife too used to have problems because like when we were just cooking stuff up on the stove at home and then we'd have those fermenters <laughs> going in the house. It was huge. Yeah. And then those fermenters are sitting like in a corner. You try your best to park it in a dark corner in your house, but yeah, it, yeah. your whole house will start to have that smell. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, it smells know. pretty good, though. I was just so. saying, <laughs> that, to me, that's one of those smells that you either love it or you don't. Like, yeah, why you really like, oh, Really? Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. They thought it was, she thought it was something so weird but, smelling. But, but yeah. there's no CBD in what makes it into the vodka, is that right? No, because at the end of the day, it's packaged in clear glass, so any CBD would be killed by the UV lights anyway. But okay. That's not what we, why we use that's not That's not what your purpose was, right? right? No, yeah. no. It's all about, like, what the plant does for the process, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, when you start, we just start with nothing but hemp, corn, and water. Cook that up. Put it in a fermenter. So the hemp acts as, like, a super nutrient for yeast. So our yields started getting larger. That was the first thing that we started noticing. Yeah. It's it's like the miracle substance, basically. It is. Sure. It, it can okay. do a lot of stuff. It has I a mean. lot of nutrients. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, so that part we noticed that it was getting our yields larger then from there the oils that form in the fermentation period like there's a thick layer of oil that sits on top and it looks really disgusting but <laughs> it looks like oatmeal with olive oil on top kind of oh. but so yeah we used to like rack the liquid off in between the oil because it just looks so weird but one day just being lazy we just were like yeah just throw it all in there the grain the liquid the oil and that was the best batch that, that was the best batch uh, those wonderful happy accidents yep, right? right exactly right. that was Love a totally that. a, a if, lazy accident if i were a distiller or a brewer that would be the only thing i did <laughs> uh, did this right. one work no okay i'll try something else next time right, you know right. it'd just be like uh, maybe i would stumble, stumble across upon something it. Yeah. Right. yeah i mean now you do home brewing though so you you understand a little bit of the of what has to happen. Right? I do on occasion, uh, you know, and I'm lazy. It's the lazy thing, right? So I'm lazy too. So I generally don't even do secondary. Like you generally put it in your um, carboy to ferment, and then once it's done, you you go into a um, you go into a vessel 
and then you'll a lot of times let it sit for a while, and then you go into a secondary vessel, and that helps with the clarity. I never do that. I just go straight in. <laughs> yeah. I just don't drain it down until I'm picking up the trub, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I had a hard weird. time with brewing. It, it's... it's uh, it's very unforgiving. Do, like so, do you brewing. find distilling to not be as difficult as brewing? Honestly, for me, it was because I mean, it was like the hobbies came on at the same time. So, I obviously had picked up a home brewing kit too, and I just couldn't get into it because it was like, you know, you let that sit sit one day too long, you know, it's over, you know, for that batch, and that's what I was finding. This this reminds me, by the way, we've talked about this, but we've never done it, and we need to bring this back onto the table we need to invite listeners and viewers who are home brewers to bring all their best to bring you know their best Uh, beer to one show and we'll do a blind taste test and declare the smoking and toasting homebrew winner. I used to like taste that stuff at DeFalco's. Remember DeFalco's? They used to have that little section with the stuff Mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. Well, yeah, anytime you go on their shopping, they usually had a few beers on tap. Exactly. That that were like either their uh, recipes or whatever. So you'd walk in and have a beer while you're shopping. And I know I've read about some um, craft breweries that actually invite homebrewers to submit things and if they like them they'll put they'll put those on tap yeah and there's uh, places that'll do uh, for limited time. pro-am co-ops and yeah, things like yeah. that that are kind of fun neat. stuff fun stuff yeah. well we have a lot to get into i want to ask you guys a little bit more about the process and how mm-hmm. how the the hemp gets involved we want to do some tasting uh we're going to talk cigars but we'll take a quick break and we'll be back when we uh, return ian you can uh, talk about uh, what you smoked this week Sounds good to me. All right, and we'll get uh, we'll get started tasting some highway vodka. Uh, we've tasted this before, but I'm still very excited. <laughs> Amazing music of the suffers. Ah, They're I'm so, so ready for us to get to go back out and see live music again, yes. aren't you? And I miss it so bad. Uh, it's it's getting close. It's getting close. I can feel it. Uh, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our show is all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Uh, great stuff on the web for cigar fans and people who love them. Check them out at mycigarshirts.com because cigars. Yep. Yeah. Um, Ian, the um, I, like I, I got to share this with you. So you know that um, when the pandemic hit. They put some different restrictions on flying. Obviously, you got to wear a mask. Uh, I think that at some point, some airlines may be likely to require you to be vaccinated in order to fly. At least I know internationally that's that's mm-hmm. going to be a factor for at least some airlines once the vaccine is is uh, you know a little more universally distributed. But one of the things they did, and I understand why they did it, but I was still really bummed, uh, was they stopped serving drinks. Mm-hmm. On the flights. Oh, yeah. yep. Now I get it. It's because you don't, you, you want people to leave their masks on and not have them off and go. Well, I'm, I'm having a drink or whatever. But there's been a great response to this in Seattle, Washington, uh, where an airport bar has opened up. That is the first airport shot bar. Wow. <laughs> it's a walk-up bar. They serve window customers. You have to consume your shot at the counter. 
But think about it. If you're if you're going to be on that long flight from Seattle down to you know Dallas, Fort Worth, or Houston, yeah, yeah, you can time it you just can, right. You can time it just right. You could down <laughs> a couple sense. and then uh, make it onto the plane, and for that way sure. that way you're not like watching for the drink card. You know, the, the same because there is no drink card anymore. So uh, if you're in Seattle, uh, be sure to check it out at the Seattle Tacoma International Airport, and uh, apparently they are doing a bang up business so far so so uh, it just makes to, total sense yeah, cool. just to let you know uh well we are on show number 225 uh, our guests are here uh from uh cody and dan from uh, highway vodka we are thrilled to have you guys on the show we want to do some tasting in this segment but first i i have been uh, very negligent in getting to uh ian and asking him did you smoke anything interesting this week well yes Okay. <laughs> oh, you wanted more information. Yeah, I was, was kind of hoping you'd be forthcoming. I, uh, on recommendation from one of the guys up at uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, I picked up a warped La Colmena. Now you did a warped recently. Didn't I did. You? I yeah. did. Yeah. I, I think that's what spawned it. Is I, I had uh, I was talking to him about. Oh yeah, I'm going to review this on the show, and he goes, Oh, have you tried this one? Ah. Uh-huh. This okay. is the uh, priciest cigar that Warped makes. Okay. So uh, it's it's kind of an interesting thing because they don't make a lot of pricey cigars. They're all in the Six to right, right. Six, six to, to ten, ten yeah, yeah, range, right. and, mm-hmm. and I've really enjoyed all their cigars. This is the La Comena. This was the uh, Reina six by forty eight is what they call that size. It's Ecuador wrapper, Ecuador binder, Dominican, and uh, Nicaraguan filler. The appearance on this light brown, almost tan, uh, smooth with very few veins, single band, firm feel overall. Nice looking cigar, mm-hmm. very very simple. Um, I'm the band now, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, the band has La Comena means uh, the beehive. Oh, and okay. the band is like a little honeycomb, uh, nice. artistic honeycomb, I think. Uh, the pre-light uh, sniff on this, light, earthy, uh, sweet, uh, smelling a little bit, baking spices, a little bit of clove I uh, kind of detected in there. Um, the pre-light draw was uh, a little tight at first, but it was a closed foot, so as soon as I lit it, I had the I, same it, thing on it mine. opened right up, yeah, I, into a first, medium draw. First right. draw, I was like, uh-oh, and then I realized, oh yeah, it's <laughs> one of those closed, it's shaggy closed, foots. Right, yeah. right. Uh, let's see the uh, pre-light draw. Uh, pre-light um, draw got earth and hay, leather, touch of sweetness, ting- uh, nice little tingle on the lips. It was really nice. Sometimes the tobacco will leave that. The initial light on this burst of spicy hay and tangy leather, fresh cut wood, retrohale had pepper and a hint of spice. The first third of this settles into spicy sweetness with some baking spices, toast, and cedar round out the palate. Retrohale spicy and slightly sweet, perfect burn, solid ash. The construction on this cigar was awesome. The second third of this, cedar tanginess on the lips, toast, and a bit of cocoa reveal themselves. Um, Cedar, leather, and pepper backbone, solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this cigar, sweet, creamy, wooden leather with a slight coffee and cocoa uh, going on. Toast with uh, pepper remains strong. Overall medium strength, solid ash, perfect burn from beginning to end of this thing. So... uh, I'm hungry. Price to quality. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Okay, so how expensive was it? Uh, price to quality is a four. Um, and the reason I get a four, is see you guys, uh, the price to quality is a one to ten scale. If you mm. rate it at five, you get exactly what you're paying for. Mm. You rate it's it above, above a five, it, you, you're like, wow, you're I wouldn't, have been, your I wouldn't have been upset and... if this had been a little more. Right. Uh, I, I rated it as a four, not because uh, not because the uh, cigar itself, but it was $16. See, that's a lot. Mm. And mm. that's a lot for a cigar. That's a super premium. To me, when you go above this, 12, it needs to like knock yeah. your socks off, And this off, cigar... Right? was great mm-hmm. but it wasn't amazing it wasn't $16 to me right. at $12 this would have gotten a beautiful 
rating. Uh, think, yeah, yeah, know, absolutely. At ten dollars, even more amazing. Um, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get down on Warp making a super premium cigar because it was a good cigar. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little outside of its price range. When you consider it sixteen, sixteen dollars. Like I could have had a Placencia or Placencia or at something. two dollars yeah. more, right. or uh, I'm stepping into Davidoff territory after that. Right. You know, what exactly. I mean, come on, yeah, exactly. Um, and I want it to be that kind of amazing. And it wasn't a knock your socks off cigar, but it was good. You wonder at the Davidoff store if the guy goes home at the end of the day, the store manager and his wife says, um, "So how'd the store do today?" And he goes, "Oh, it was great. We sold a cigar." <laughs> but it's David off, so it's okay. Their cigars are really expensive. So, wow. Yeah. So, well. So uh, yeah, and then so and four. The, yeah, so four, and then the only other thing I tell you is the pepper in the background. It gets a little distracting sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's because it's, mm-hmm. it's not too much pepper, but it's kind of a kind of a distracting kind of pepper. If that okay. makes any sense. I, I, I understand. But overall, good cigar. You know, yeah. if it was right. if it was ten or twelve dollars, I'd buy more. I got you. Yeah. I got you. All right. Well, I had an interesting one. I uh, I went uh, a different direction. I zagged this week, if you will, right. and uh, I decided to try the Christoph Lejero Maduro Torpedo. And so this is an it, it was an absolutely beautiful cigar. I was really excited about smoking it. I hadn't had a Christoph. Uh, cigar in quite some time, so I, I had picked this one up, and it was sitting in the humidor, and it's just super dark. It was a Brazilian Maduro wrapper. Uh, it also had Dominican binder, and the filler tobacco uh, was from the Dominican Republic and from Honduras. I smoked one of these uh, on Tuesday, just so you know. Did you really? Yeah, did. Well, it'll be interesting to see yeah. if our experiences were similar. The pre-light on this was all leather. It was... Uh, Kind of that comforting aroma of like a saddle or an old belt, something where you just smell it and just oh, it's just such a home kind of a of a smell. High end right? furniture store. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> I was expecting mattress Mac to appear and <laughs> tell me tell me where I could sleep until the storm was over. Um, anyway, uh, I used cigar scissors to cut the tip, and it had a, a closed shaggy foot. I lit that with a torch. Uh, I love when it's cigar time. The Kristoff started out. Strong, yeah, real yeah. strong. Uh, a burst of spice, including pepper, but it was a little bit different than the sort of pepper flavor that I'm used to from the Nicaraguan cigars that I enjoy so much. A uh, little more of a dense black pepper vibe, I guess, is the best way I can think of to describe it. Um, and the Christoph let me know right off the bat that strength-wise, it was not fooling around. This was a seriously full uh, cigar. There were notes of chocolate and espresso that kind of weaved their way through the pepper uh, as I smoked the first third. Burn was nice and straight once the shaggy foot was gone. Uh, second third brought in some earthiness, uh, kind of a dried cherry flavor that was really nice. Um, deep and rich flavors dominated pretty much throughout the whole cigar. The burn wasn't razor straight, but there were no problems. It yeah. was it, it was great all the way through. Um, final third ramped up in strength even more. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and the pepper still dominated, but there were strong flavors of dark espresso all the way to the end. Very coffee espresso type of flavors, uh, and a hint of dark mint that I got on the retro hail, which was kind of interesting. Most notable thing about the Christoph Lejero Maduro Torpedo was the Lejero tobacco itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lejero comes from the top leaves of the tobacco plant, and it's usually rolled into the very center of the cigar for two reasons. One is because it's it's stronger. Uh, it has a stronger uh, aroma and, and bite to it, and also because it can burn a little slower, so they want it in the center so the cigar still burns well. Uh, there were no, no burn problems 
problems at all with the cigar, but it clearly had a lot of Lejero tobacco in it. Um, it was very full-bodied from beginning to end. Reminded me of a La Flor Dominicana diesel, uh, a, a chisel mm. or a diesel uh, cigar. Delicious, but you have to be ready for this one. Yeah, um, not Fisher Price, yeah, my first cigar. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, smoke time was a little over an hour. I really enjoyed it, but it was a knockout punch, which I was kind of ready for. So it it, it sort of fit uh, perfectly. Uh, Christoph's a nine to ten dollar cigar. Uh, price to quality, I would give it a solid five. I enjoyed it, yeah. and I would uh, I would definitely smoke it again. It's one of those. I think it, I always want to have one of those in my humidor for yeah. when I'm in the mood for, when for, you're in the mood for that, that big. kind of a uh, that kind of a smoke. So yeah, so uh, so highly recommended. Be sure to check it out. Well, uh, smoking and toasting is now at episode number two hundred and twenty-five. So we're like halfway to three hundred. Yes, basically, and uh, it's it's an exciting show for us today because uh, we've got our friends from Highway Vodka in here. But before we sample vodka, we're going to make them drink some beer. Uh-oh. So Let's yeah, got to warm up the palate. Yeah, that's right. So this is I, I mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier in the show. This is a a uh, co-op, if you will. Well, there's the Fair State Brewing Co-op is based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Shell's Beer is in Ohm, Minnesota, which is uh, uh, hard to say, but uh, but. A Apparently a, a good place to drink, and uh, so these guys got together. This was a collaboration, and uh, they worked together on this lager. Yep, uh, got Adams. I think we're mm-hmm. we're all good. All right, so Ian, uh, I'm very curious to see if we keep our string of amazing uh, let's, let's, loggers alive. Let's see what here. the label says. All it right. says, according to the Surgeon General, women should. Oh, uh, <laughs> I keep doing this over and over again. That joke. <laughs> That joke gets old to everyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> I still laugh every time. <laughs> uh, a collaboration with Shell's beer inspired by our respective union workforces and the crispy golden lagers of Dortmund, Germany. I was going to say, on the nose, this makes me think of a German or Belgian lager for yeah. sure. Yeah, I like that. So I'm going to hold this up to the camera. It, the, it's a really clean packaging. Yeah, it's it? really, really nice looking clean packaging on mm-hmm. here. Uh, it just has a cir- uh, an oval says Union Lager Beer and has a, a pint glass with a handshake in front of it. I'm, I'm, I, I have to describe this because I have some friends, Josh, who uh, only <laughs> listen to the show and don't oh, and actually audio. watch. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that, right, do right, the, right. that do the audio version. They're <laughs> I know, driving like the tea, or like whatever. Yes, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Let Josh know they've invented this thing called cameras. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so uh, well, I can tell you on the nose, very much like a traditional European uh, lager, but when you taste this, I get a, I get that flavor for sure, but there's also a burst of some fruitiness going on. There. Um, I love the after the aftertaste has like pretzel, mm-hmm. like bread and pretzel, like right there makes, in the aftertaste. makes me want a bread or a pretzel <laughs> is what it does. Yeah, these tasting uh, notes are getting to me. <laughs> They're making you hungry, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. We're have pretzels and some, some cinnamon pretzels and, and some chocolate. Maybe some yeah. leather. Yeah. Yeah. It has this, it has this really crisp clean snap right yeah, up front where you don't even sure. expect it usually yeah. that happens towards the end and then it finishes with that pretzel bready delicious thing really yeah like it's yeah. And wonderful it's clean and there is a little tiny bit of citrusy kind of thing going on yeah there as well. I get that. you get a little in bit the of nose too. and it makes it clean. it makes it i think more interesting I can't than stop drinking <laughs> makes it i think more interesting than just the straight like I enjoy every once in a while, you know, buying one of those European beers. It's aisle three yeah, when you're at Specs, specs yeah. in, in, you know, just wandering down there and choosing something that I 
don't know any of the words on it and <laughs> it can't can't translate. But I was I always like, buy married suit. This looks damn interesting. It's so good. But hmm. but that to me is generally a more straightforward sort of a, a German or Belgian uh, style lager. This kind of takes it and gives it a little twist, which I really like. It's good. Yeah, it really is. And uh, Good job, guys. And, uh, yeah, yeah a, a nice collaboration. I always wonder how the collaborations go. Like, does one brewmaster, like, secretly want to dominate the process? <laughs> or, or, you know, like, is there an alpha brewmaster in these collaborations? Gotta be. Yeah. Someone's got to drive the ship, so to speak, sure. I think. So there's always got to be like, okay, I'm heading this up. Right. And then probably goes from, mm. you know, input from there. Well, whoever drove this one, good job, uh, yeah, good work. Great yeah, job. yeah, this this came across great. So, uh, so let's talk highway vodka. First mm. of all, and I think this is, I, I, I'm really excited about having you guys uh, here on the show because there's there've been uh, this has been for the last couple of years in our country. Um, I think that many industries have been waking up to the fact that. It's time to start recognizing, much better than we have in the past, the accomplishments of African Americans mm. and the accomplishments of women in our industries. And so here we have a an entire product that's being distilled. It's an African American owned business, mm -hmm. and your master distiller is a woman. So you guys are like. Uh, uh, crushing it. You're, 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 That's you're been my crushing favorite it. phrase lately. Yeah, yeah. you're crushing it. Um, you've told us kind of how the vodka started. How did you get involved to the point where you became actually the master distiller? And why aren't there more women uh, in those positions in the industry? So I'm going to answer your questions backwards. Okay. Um, I, I don't think women even think like, hey, you know, I should become a distiller. I think we're just like, oh, let's get a drink. Let's go drink with our friends. But we never think like. Let's create the drink. Yeah. yeah you know, let's make how, it or from even, scratch. Yeah. yeah and like researching how to start. But. I definitely have been around since my dad was using that big old pot on the stove <laughs> and I could not cook dinner because he's taking up the whole stove. And from there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from there, we, um, like Ben was kind of mentioning, they had a bar and restaurant, uh, mm -hmm. Scrappy Browns, and I was bartending there. So they would kind of bring samples in and let the customers taste it. And I would be able to make cocktails with it then. But also... I, I feel like I was the one who was like the deciding factor on the flavor. Because, oh, so, <laughs> because, so you were the maybe the tie-breaking vote or the one who said for that sure. one. For sure, yeah, because right? my dad would always bring me samples. I mean, I was in college at the time, so I was drinking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so he would bring samples and, you know, he was like, hey, what do you think about this one? And my best friend and I would be like, mm, no, that's too strong. That has too much of a burn. Mm -hmm. And then one day he brought me one and I was like, that's it. That's, That's it. perfect. That's it. Really? So fast forward, um, started helping out with like, you know, we have a sanitizer business or I don't know if you guys know that, but we do, did, no. we make sanitizer as well. So I started helping out with that. And then it just came to a point in time where I was like, hey, can I learn? You know, the, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I always saw the machines and I would help out with filling the bottles and making the boxes. So I learned that process first. And then I was like, OK, I know all this. Maybe I should start and, you know, see if I could distill. And it's just it's been going from there. I learned I took about two. Uh, 
I'd say about six months, eight hours a day, five days a week, learning, note taking, researching, learning how to distill. Right. Yeah. Right. It was. It was definitely a difficult process, and unlike anything I've ever done before. But I think now that I've gotten it down, I'm ready to go full throttle with it. So one of our first guests on the show ever. Back when we first started out, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, Ian from Ian Grateful, Luke, yeah. Grateful Dane Rum, and we asked him how did you how did you get started in in learning to distill? And he said, ah, "I watched videos on YouTube." I that's, was like, that's what Are I you did. Kidding me, really? <laughs> I read every single book on yeah. Amazon. I watched every video yeah. on YouTube, like to the point to where. You know how you're watching, and it'll tell you last watched. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, here's a new one. Oh, I've seen this. And, uh, yes. and that's the cool thing that she got to benefit from because like, she had to be a little more hands on, I guess, mm-hmm, when she mm-hmm. was uh, yeah. learning, learning yeah. the ropes. Yeah, yeah. And For when sure. we and by then, um, you know, we had pretty much dialed in, like you know, what we're doing, how we're doing how it. The process was. Yeah. So that was just a fun thing to for her to pick up and uh, really, you know, do really well at. And it's kind of fun too when she brings her little batches. And she'll come with her little samples like, okay, how's this? And it's like, hmm, let me see. Yeah, because I always have to let him taste them first before they go into the bottles. So if anything's wrong, he's the final say. Ben, you've got it down because if I were distilling or brewing, I would want to taste everything. I mean, I want to taste everything now. Right. So if I were distilling or brewing, that would be, that would totally be the way. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's a tough job, but you know. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we've talked about we've talked about this before, but my favorite episode ever of the TV show Cheers Uh is when Norm gets the job as the beer taster, and and he uh, so he walks in first day on the job. They've got him in the long white coat. He walks into the into the brewery, (laughs) the big you know the big vats are. There, the big uh, and and he just walks up to one and just hugs it. <laughs> I did that one day with that, the still. That sure. would totally yeah. be me. Yeah. That would I totally I have be a me. Picture of it. Uh, yeah. So so now seriously, how much, how often do you have to taste? So I mean, do you do you taste like what every batch? Mm-hmm. Do you taste oh, yeah. well, every yeah. single batch. Yeah, yeah. Well, every that's, batch. So you you want to make sure it's consistent with what you've quality done before. Control. Right. Quality control. Yeah. It's uh, it's such an interesting thing. Like yeah. again, I'm just so mad at my guidance counselor from high school. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever mentioned this was possibility. Ever. Uh, ever. No. You're Never. Right. Uh, um, you know, you know, if you go into your guidance counselor at high school, she goes, "You could be a whiskey rep." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, you're not supposed yeah. to even be drinking. I so. see so many things wrong with that, but there's yeah. a few things that are okay with that. Because yeah, like, I never right. knew. Now, um, when you, uh, when you're in the position you guys are, where you're making your own, you're you're putting it out there. Is is there a part of you that wants to taste like all of your competitors to see how they stack up against you? Yeah, I think that research was done prior to. <laughs> I did uh, that research was called college. I was going to say I yes. did that in college. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. but so. I, I, that's the fun part to me was back in the day doing those blind tastings because, you know, I'll put it up against whoever, whatever, you know, and um, and just winning those consistently and organically. So that way you get, you bypass the friend of yours. It's like no, it's good. It is really. I mean it. Yeah, right, right. No, no, no. Let's just go ahead and really find, taste find yeah. out right, here right. what we're doing. And uh, yeah, so have you found any? And, and I'm really curious about the answer to this. Have you found any resistance at all in any of the corners of the industry to the fact that you are an African American owned business and that your uh, your head distiller is a woman? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm hoping your answer is no, but I wouldn't. 
necessarily be surprised if, nah, if, I mean, if you yeah. run into something. The, the, you know, the the way I typically answer that question is, it's nothing new. If if, if anything does happen, I mean, it's not like it's, it's the foreign to the experience. Yeah. You right. know what I'm saying? Like the overall right. just, you know. So, but that being said, obviously right now we're in a different window of time. So, like, there's plenty of opportunities opening up, like, one thing that we're a part of is the Nearest and Jack Initiative, <clears throat> and that's uh, started by Fawn Weaver. She's the uh, owner of um, and founder of Uncle Nearest Whiskey, that mm-hmm. whiskey that was made based off of uh, Jack Daniels. Yeah, um, the the slave that actually taught Jack Daniels how, how to distill. How to make, uh, whiskey, yeah, yeah, she went back and actually found his original stuff. Got the, with her family, which is family. such a great story. It's though, a huge you know? story. Yeah. And so they started an initiative between her and Jack Daniels and Brown Foreman where they're helping mm-hmm. minority distillers and companies, you know, just kind of navigate the business. And so we got involved in that, and that was really great right. because I, they opened us up to doors that just, you know, would have taken us years to find on our own and stuff. Yeah. Right, right. And so, like, that really accelerated our growth, you know, and stuff like that, too. So, um Right now, I mean, like it's it's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a, a not. It's not a negative, you know, that I've experienced. I just would. I would hope that that tide has begun to turn. Mm-hmm. That the fact that it's been um, recognized less than it should and accepted less than it should mm-hmm. it, through throughout time. That that you're now seeing doors being opened sure. instead of doors being closed. Right. Yes, right. Right. Definitely. I mean, because you know it. It, I hope that one day we get to a place where it just doesn't matter, right. you know, where mm-hmm. it isn't about uh, ethnicity or yeah. or gender or whatever. But but I, I don't know that as a society we've been good enough to get there yet. Not yet. So in so in this <laughs> in this moment, I think what's most important is to recognize, you know, hey, look, this is a great product, and there, uh, it's being made by people that. Are getting opportunities that maybe historically have not been there right. for minorities or for or for, for sure. women in this. So I, I sure. think it's I, I think I think it's it's a good part of the process to getting where we need to be. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. that's that's what I would hope for. It's a least. tough uh, it's a tough subject to talk about. Too, it is a lot of people yeah. feel uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you feel uncomfortable talking about it, then no one talks about right. it, and mm-hmm. then no nothing one does anything changes. about it, and nothing right. changes. That's exactly. absolutely right. And so, and so, and I don't, you know, I don't always want to, you know, the show is about. You know, it's it's about the spirits and the beers and the cigars. It's not this show isn't about race, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like you said, if nobody talks about it, Mm -hmm. if nobody acknowledges where things are and where things need to go, um, then there isn't any change. You know, in the the past four years ish, we've been doing this. uh, I've also found though in the spirit industry, with all the reps and companies and people that we've met over the years, the spirit industry tends to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And not exclusive. Like I think there, that's there true. tends to be instead of oh you create a product that's going to compete with mine, I don't want to talk to you or I'm I'm going to be negative towards you. Like everyone in the industry seems to be like oh you're doing that too. Awesome. Right. Because right. yeah. everybody's always drunk. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well. Look. Let's let's be honest. When you drink together, it's easy to like it's find commonality. Yeah, right. Sure. Right. I think that's absolutely true. So well, I will kind of agree with that um, a little bit. Like, uh, the fun part about, well, it's the hard part and the fun part. There's so few people that 
know anything about distilling. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's like, very true. So it's kind of hard to find people to talk about that really know Understand. distilling and aren't just like, you know, white labeling or something like that. You know, right. they really know the process. And whenever you do find someone like that, it is fun because you could talk about it all day. You know, the nuance of it and all the, the challenges with it. And that, not only the, the, the from the business side of it, but just you know, the process of making, mm -hmm. you know, something like for real legit grain to glass, you know? Yeah, right. Absolutely. And that's, and you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges you don't even think about too. Like for instance, you're making this in a five gallon pot on your stove. Right. Okay. And then you go, okay, well I need to now make 20 gallons. Yep. Well, you can do that five gallon pot that many times, or you can make your recipe bigger, mm -hmm. but it's not always as simple as, oh, well I just use four times the amount of everything. Right. Right. It yeah. doesn't work. Does yeah. it? I will say to that, like when we scaled, like when we got our initial distribution with the Silver Eagle, um, we had like a 13 gallon still. That was the hobby still and all that stuff. And so we went out and got equipment that literally mirrored that still, just bigger. Just bigger. Yeah. yeah so, right. I, because obviously we signed up and then we got a huge order. So we got to scale <laughs> up equipment, right. got to learn how to use it. And yeah. they have all this stuff you could get into. And the, one of the biggest things was we had to build our own filters because doing it at home we were just using like Brita's for filtering and right right <laughs> and so then when you get that's into, gonna take some time man yeah, it was sure. a real concern because i know that's just a big I, bottleneck yeah. when i'm waiting yeah. on just a glass of water right. it seems to it, take exactly. forever right? so now you're talking about hundreds of gallons and so uh we bought some filtration equipment and it didn't work and filtration equipment is really expensive so we ended up going to a um a water supply plant Mm -hmm. And I sat there with the guy, and we cut open a Brita, and we got on Google, and we found, he's like, yeah, we sell that media, we sell that media. So I bought that, took it back to the distillery, took some steel tubing and stuff, and we kind of made our own little made your own, proprietary uh, oh, that's, blend. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it worked because we, we were using, we didn't have to change anything, and that was the biggest thing, like, even with, like, the all hearts, no tails, like, only bottling the hearts of the run isn't the most, like, financially best move because right. you're leaving a lot it of alcohol lot. on the yeah. table sure makes it more but, expensive yeah but the the hearts the tails you don't want that anyway like that's where the headache lives and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff so by doing it just for friends and family initially we just we were only concerned about the hearts and that's just how we kept it so i love but i love that that mm -hmm. maintained as you went yeah. into doing you know larger production i yep. think that's awesome all right we need to take a break we're gonna uh when we come back we're gonna do a little uh, taste test here mm -hmm. with highway vodka uh we have more beer to taste and of course we're not we're never far from drinking news it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> It's smoking and toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. cigars. Yes. Uh, check in on the uh, the show notes, the uh, the uh, ongoing conversation on Facebook as we do the show. Our buddy Bruce Stark on Stark checks in to tell us that the Amazon Prime movie we were talking about earlier is called King of Beers. Ah. Oh. So uh, that that and that and that he, he's right. I remember that now, but yeah. uh, King of Beers. He also asks, has any cigar ever gotten above a six? And then there was some discussion that there had been only one, but oh, we've had a number of cigars no, go I, above I, a six. 
something was I, I did something that was a seven. I probably have yes. it on here. Yes, and I remember there was one nine. Do you there remember what it was? Yes, I do. Yeah, that was the um, that was uh, the uh, the black and the, the black, black and tan. And yeah, the black and, and black and mild. Yeah, yep. not black and tan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and because it's a sub dollar cigar, it's like right. a sixty cent cigar, and I just and you got great enjoyment I out of it. Just enjoyed it. So that's that's price to quality. No, we've had several. I've I've given cigars sixes and sevens. I don't know. Have I ever done an eight or nine? I don't know. I don't remember. We'll have to go back. But and I will look. tell you with a with a black and mild. Um, when you're talking about a cigar that costs less than a dollar, I mean substantially less than a dollar. Like if you buy them in bulk, they're like sixty cents a cigar. <laughs> yeah. It's and not I'm a not great saying cigar. it's yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it's a great cigar, but for that price, that's a pretty okay cigar. Price to quality, <laughs> and price to quality wise, yeah. that's pretty what awesome. What the tasting notes be on a beady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of tasting, this is uh, this is neat. Yes. Uh, yes. Highway vodka. So the first thing that people probably wonder is when you you know when you put your nose in the cup. Can you smell hemp? Does does it give off any of that kind of smell? I don't really I don't, get it. I don't no. really get it. Yeah, I get, I get no. a little sweetness that, that smells really nice. <clears throat> right. And just to clarify things too, this this is made with hemp, but it's not THC. It no. doesn't. Right. Right. There's no other effects other than it's vodka. Right. But hemp. but I will say, not all. Uh, let me say it this way: some products that bring hemp or uh, or CBD or something into the um, into the process, in the process do better than others. I'm still trying to get used to. Stillwater Brewing has a uh, a beer that's called it's an ale called 420, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've had it has several of them. Flavor. Yes, when you drink it, it is like drinking what it smells like when you open up a yeah. package it's, of Buds. Right? You're drinking carbonated bong water. Yeah, and. <laughs> And I have to say, I just, that's I have, rough one. okay, for that's real. one of those. Actually, it tastes, it tastes better than what I would guess carbonated bong water. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But good. I will say, it's one of those that, like, I love the, I love the aroma, but it's not, I haven't quite been able to get used to that being a flavor that I want when I'm drinking a beer. Right. You know? So, so that's, that's one thing people always ask, like, before they've ever had is, like, is it going to taste like hemp? And I'm like, no, not at all. That's not the goal at all. And what you'll notice, too, is like when you ring your glass like that, mm-hmm. you notice how it clings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the that's oil the oils yeah, yeah. that are still... I was going to say, I'm not really used to that with vodka. Exactly. Yeah. So it gives a little bit more body to it. And that's the oils that we throw into the still on that lazy day that float on top and kind of act as the first layer of filtration for the vapors during the distillation process. So it's... that oil holds some of the sweetness from the corn on your palate. And gives it the nuanced flavor. Yeah, so uh, it has on the nose. It has a very clean and and slightly sweet nose yep. to it. Mm-hmm. And then the flavor is exactly that too. It's a very clean and slightly sweet. Well, I definitely get the corn, which you're mm-hmm. saying that part of the mash uh, bill. part of the mash bill uh, causes that to maybe that flavor to be retained a little more, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's uh, I, I tell you what, it's very. I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it on the danger scale uh, <laughs> because it's very easy to drink. There's, yes. there's you know? so little heat from this. That's mm-hmm. the oil. There's so little heat yep. from this. It comes back just a little bit later. You get a little yep. bit of vodka hug mm-hmm. um, in the uh, in the <laughs> background. It comes yep. back a yep. little bit later, but but like the initial sip of this is not what you would think. And. As if vodka needed to be any easier to drink. Well, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Vodka, neat. Yeah. 
is not it's always n- at all. No, even what they call really high end vodkas, right. neat, well, are not always well, easy to drink. You're, you're and there's right. only a few I know of that myself that I drink that I drink neat, right, and enjoy. Well, Very few. I I think I've told this before, but I I was. Uh, at a restaurant in Las Vegas, I believe the name of the restaurant was Red Square. I was there with my buddy Dave. Uh, and they did this thing where they would bring you six little test tubes flight, yeah. with mm-hmm. vodka, like a flight of vodka, in this frozen brick that had red food coloring in the water. So it was this frozen red brick with six vodkas, and you would taste oh, them all cool. neat. Actually, it was really good. Like, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed just being able to do that with six different neat types and room of, temperature uh, uh, too neat but well they were these mm-hmm. test tubes were in this ice in the ice so they were nice and so cold chill. so yeah. that's what's funny about like one of the biggest things i think that was actually the biggest gift was uh throughout the process of you know making this stuff over the years and going to test people on it for whatever reason they always wanted to taste it neat <laughs> and room temperature right. yeah and i mean like you'll never most people never drink vodka like that at all right. but that's what helped us really dial it in and dial it down and like like she said like when her and her friend finally took a sip of that and their face didn't immediately you know <laughs> right yeah they were just yeah. Like, right well, well so a lot of vodkas uh, and a lot of whiskey a lot of a lot of spirits in general uh, and this this just happens this is part of the way your taste buds work when you chill it you mask a lot of harsh flavors. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Beer is a victim of that too. When you mm-hmm. have a very cold beer, like for instance, if your stout is too cold, too cold. Yeah. you don't taste a lot of the flavors, and as it warms up, you taste more. And that's one of the reasons I like. So a lot of people say, okay, don't don't put ice in scotch or don't put ice in your you know expensive whiskey. I almost always put a chip of ice because I like to taste it when it's cold. You get you get those fruitier flavors, and then as it melts in and warms up, you get those warmer. You get all those flavors warmer and- flavors <laughs> that come in, and it's nice. So I feel like if you're gonna give something fair uh, a fair review, tasting it neat is the best way because that's yep. when you're gonna taste everything. Right. It's not right. masking anything. Yeah, for sure. So exactly. I will mention we've been threatening to do this uh, for a long time, and it is now on the schedule. The great martini face-off will be coming to Smoking and Toasting in August. I got a text August. to Chris about that. Yes. So we've been talking about this because uh, I actually really enjoy vodka martinis. Mm-hmm. Ian is a gin martini guy. Or as he puts it, he's a martini guy. I'm a martini guy. <laughs> he, he doesn't even allow that the other uh, exists when it comes to martinis. So so we've got, um, we've got our uh, one of our cocktail experts, our cocktail expert here uh, that comes on the show, from time to time, uh, Chris Morris, who's a great bartender and lover of the spirits, um, he's a gin martini guy. And I've been asking him for a long time, do you know anybody who's like a total bartender, total vodka martini guy? And apparently he has lined someone up and he's bringing them in with him. It won't be until August, but we will be doing the great martini face-off. That so amazing. I'm very excited. If you guys want to come and just hang and yeah, drink martinis, you are welcome to be here. You won't be able to say anything. That's fine. Yeah. Because Chris Morris will be here and he won't he won't leave any room for anyone else <laughs> to speak. I don't need to uh, That's talk. not because we won't let you talk. Yeah, that's right. We, we, right, would, right, right. we would love for you to speak, but you may have a difficulty we'll get in. getting no in problem. there. So, uh, but I'll just mention, as a, as a person that loves vodka martinis, one of the reasons that you love them is that um, 
it takes on the vodka takes on the flavor. You get it nice and cold, first of all, and it takes on the flavor of whatever kind of martini you're making. For sure. I like them nice and dirty, so Me it's too. like it's like drinking olive juice, but it's <laughs> that's like a tofu martini. Right, it's got a better <laughs> kick to it. It doesn't you know? have any flavor; it just takes on whatever. Right. Well, but that's but that's okay. Like, and well, is, uh, that, is that much different than having a glass of ice uh, ice vodka? Well, well with, sure it is because the vodka with a little uh, olive juice poured poured into it. Well, I suppose it's similar. But with a vodka martini, you've got this big glass, <laughs> yeah. and it's ice cold, and it's not watered down, and it's right, it's not watered down, and it's got uh, olive juice mixed in it, and then it's got olives sitting in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it's perfect. It's a way to describe heaven, I think. Yes. You know, <laughs> I really agree is. with you. It really is. It's, I love vodka martinis. Uh, you know, I I don't make uh, I don't make a lot of great drinks. But my vodka martinis, my super dirty vodka martinis, are pretty darn good. I actually well, learned how to make that from you, making yeah. that scrappies yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's there not you go. Love. There you go. Well, I got to tell you though, this is—it's it, incredibly easy to drink, and I, I really want to make a martini with this because I—I would be interested to see because it does have a you little. You caught me more one time flavor. without my martini kit. Yeah, oh, you know, under, well, he usually travels with it. It's like you know how. But then some again, people, we were having vodka, so I wasn't thinking martinis. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know how <laughs> you know how some people have that uh, that bug out kit in their car, like yeah. if like if the uh, shit hits the fan, yeah. they've got the uh, you know the stuff they need to survive. Ian usually travels with the martini kit. I'm, I'm like the I'm like the dog from the cartoon, you know, with yeah. the little right. Yeah, 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 I love yeah, yeah. it. All right, let's take a break. We're gonna come back. We are gonna do uh, cocktails. We're gonna do a little uh, high. Vodka cocktail uh, coming up pineapple in the show. Express. And, oh, Pineapple Express. I like it already. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to uh, get into our next beer, which is a black IPA from B52 Brewing in Conroe. Hey, so, this will be the first B52 beer I think I've tried. I think so. And uh, about it's been a while since I had a black IPA, so I'm psyched about that too. So uh, so we'll be back at Smoking and Toasting, show number 200, and what did I say? 225? 25. Holy moly, somebody better step halfway, in this time. Exact halfway point, 300. That's a good guitar tone. <laughs> Who is that guy anyway? <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. By the way, I love the way the uh, the sound effects of her pouring the uh, the stuff into the glass in the background. Uh, yeah, worked, awesome. with, worked with the music there in the beginning. Uh, it's very good. Uh, Ian, uh, last month the uh, Brewers Association, the not-for-profit trade group that's dedicated to promoting and protecting America's small and independent craft brewers, released its beer style guidelines for 2021. Uh, the guidelines serve as a model resource for brewers, beer judges, competition organizers, and uh, they celebrate the great diversity of beer around the world. They have brought into play three new categories three of new beer. categories. Yeah, so, so these may have existed. Is one of them anything from Ingenious? <laughs> no, but that would be a great category. That would be anything, <laughs> anything from, from Ingenious. Ingenious yes, that would, that would be good. No, they, they brought three new styles that are recognized, and so... I suppose if they're recognized, then you can, like, do beer competitions that, that you know, face these styles off, you know, uh, different breweries off against each other. But, but the three new styles of beer, if you will, are Kentucky Common Beer, which I will admit I have no idea what that I don't, is. I have no you? idea. Yeah, I, so we'll have to search that out. Kentucky Common Beer, New Zealand Style, Pale Ale and India Pale Ale, 
So we've got okay. so we've got you know West Coast, uh, we've got New England, we've got you know uh, several different recognized styles of IPA, and now a New Zealand style pale ale. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. I remember when it was just IPA. Yeah, right. It was just IPA, but now there's all these different you know options. I just said something that old people say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> By the way, as you guys can tell, we spare every expense when it comes to sound effects on the show. So, uh, and when the third, I was a kid, we only the, had one kind of happy. <laughs> the third one is Belgian style session ale. These are all interesting. New to okay, me. okay. So I, I, you can kind of tell what they are, except for Kentucky Common Beer. I have no idea. That's a good question. I Mark. wonder if that's like what Montucky Cold Snack is. That's because it's not good. If that's what uh, it is. I know, I, I'm not, like I'm not excited not about it, but. I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying that because it says Kentucky in the style. But anyway, uh, something to be on the lookout for, Ian. If you're in the store and you see any beers in that size, grab it because we got to try them on the show. Okay. All right. Will do. All right. Fair enough. All right. We are smoking and toasting. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com because Cigar. cigars. And our guests are um, Ben and Cody from the Highway Vodka yes, Distillery right here in our hometown of Houston, Texas. And now Cody's been mixing it up over here. <laughs> yes, so, I have. So you mentioned that you know before you were a distiller that you did work as a bartender. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so you've got some experience of putting things together. Of course. Um, so approaching cocktails then with your own vodka, are there certain vodka cocktails that would work better with the highway vodka uh, than than others? Or, or, or is it really the type of thing where you can put it in any vodka That's cocktail? what I was going to say. Yeah, I okay. think highway is great in anything. <laughs> I even make uh, margaritas with highway, like frozen no margaritas, kidding. and really? they're amazing. So so how do you make them? Just out of curiosity, the, the basics of how to make the margaritas. Um, so like the little cans of lemon juice and like the frozen you know, mm-hmm. lemon and lime mm-hmm. juice, I'll do one of those, one of those, uh, like a cup of highway vodka, and then um, some powdered sugar. Then blend it up, and Powdered it's already sugar. yeah, it's amazing in margaritas. And somehow it comes out. Does it taste the way that a tequila made margarita tastes, or does it have a different it's, flavor I, because it's vodka? Yeah, it has a little bit of a different flavor. Um, to me, it's a lot more smooth. Like it's not as harsh as right. a tequila margarita would be. Okay. It's easy to drink, and I would I could drink a whole pitcher of it in like yeah. twenty minutes. I was gonna <laughs> so. say, again, do margaritas need to be easier to drink? No, you know? they really don't. <laughs> yeah, they but, don't. But but uh, that that makes sense that that it would be a little different because I know if you make. Your margarita, for example, with mezcal, it'll have a smokier yes, vibe to it. I don't and like have... mezcal. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm learning it. <laughs> I'm starting it. to get into it. It has, it, has taken me, it has taken me some time. But, you know, I like Ian, scotch, though. So Ian, of... Ian bought me a, a, a bottle of mezcal for um, a gift. Uh, maybe, what, a couple Christmases ago? Yeah, something like that. And that has just kind of slowly <laughs> brought me into the mezcal family. I have to give uh, it another shot. Yeah, it's, it's, but if you're... It's I, a unique I mean, flavor. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm a big tequila person so my first reaction to it was well i don't want what my tequila smoky yeah but then you could say the same thing about peated scotch it's yeah. like if you like bourbon or unpeated uh whiskeys the first time you try a peated scotch it's probably not there's always a knee-jerk reaction to right. peated or smoked uh spirits but, but over time you start scotch. to go you know what mm-hmm. this is awfully good this is mm-hmm. i think your palate has to to develop for it you. is a for thing. sure it's yeah. a i thing. think so too so i have a yet. feeling I'm not going to have to 
have my palate adjust to this at yeah. all. What uh, what are we drinking here, and, and what's in it? Oh, so this is the Pineapple Express. It's one of our most popular cocktails. It's got uh, Tropical Red Bull, of course, Highway Vodka, Pineapple Juice, and a little bit of lime juice, and that's it. Tropical Vodka. Uh, tro- tropical Vodka. <laughs> tropical uh, Red tropical Bull. Red Bull mm-hmm. uh, highway Vodka. Pineapple and, Juice pineapple and juice Lime Juice. And Lime Juice, mm-hmm. okay. And... Uh, I, I want to point out. It smells I'm, terrific. I'm glad you didn't serve it with a straw because mine would be gone already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can always add more Red Bull if you like. That's the topper. So. Oh my goodness, that's delicious. It's good, right? I mean, that's really good. So summertime. Yeah. That's so what is I was it? Uh, say. How much? How much of the vodka versus the other? Uh, the other things. So it's an ounce of vodka, a half ounce of lime juice ounce of pineapple juice and then like a little splash of the red bull okay so, so you just use that as a splash to kind of give it mm-hmm. a little fizz and, yeah yep. okay mm-hmm. got it so uh pineapple juice and vodka and lime juice, lime juice and are all the about the same uh about the same amount or did you say so lime the, juice was less? Um, the vodka and the pineapple juice the same increments and then the lime juice and the red bull are kind of around the same okay, gotcha i will say that i i learned uh how to make really good margaritas and what I did was I would find like a recipe like in a book or on the internet and then I would immediately triple the amount of tequila. <laughs> exactly. For sure. And, and so right. I make these at home and I, I think they're really good. And sometimes when we're at a or, restaurant, or my wife orders to a taste. Uh, we're gonna need uh, another bottle. Uh, right. My right. my wife orders a uh, a, a margarita and she's like there's this nothing to this. She's, she's totally, totally used to my uh, <laughs> extra tequila margaritas. But, uh, but this this seems balanced just absolutely perfectly. Thank you. Uh, almost, uh, again, almost too easy to drink, as you were saying. Yeah, mine's uh, good. This, this in the summer, like pool yep. party? Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? Right, oh, sitting outside. Oh, and it's got a, because of the pineapple, it's got a real tropical vibe to right. it. Which makes me happy. <laughs> uh, I, I love this. Oh, mm. That's yeah, really that's a lot of fun. Thanks, now, guys. let me ask you this. A little bird told me mm-hmm. that vodka may not always be the only thing you're distilling. <laughs> that's and, true. Uh, is that something we can talk about? Yeah, we could talk about it a little bit. Um, so we do have whiskey in the barrel, you know, so mm-hmm. we've been sitting on it for going that's on. That's one step away from whiskey in the jar, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yep, and so it's, been, it's just about ready to come on, come on out. It's been there a couple of years now, and... Uh, we're ready, just about ready to pull it, but we're only going to have a limited allocation because, um, you know, we really believe in making everything from scratch. So uh, we're only going to uh, have like enough to do like maybe like a holiday release of, you know, the oh, holidays. That's a great way to do it, though. Yeah. 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 Well, we talk about this on the show. It's like if you want to start a whiskey distillery. You can you can do your thing and you can you know mix up your your mash bill and get everything all ready, and, and then, then you can sit around and wait, wait for a while. Right. And so most distilleries do one of two things: they either start blending other right. people's whiskey while they wait for theirs to mm-hmm. age, or they will uh, distill, something you know, else. vodka or gin or rum, rum or yeah. something else. So yeah. uh, something that has a quicker turnaround. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and so. So you must be excited if it's did been you, si- resting for a did while. You, right? It is when fun. When you started this, did you know you were going to go to whiskey? No. You were you were straight up vodka. You were yeah, thinking long term. Yeah. Thinking about whiskey. Right. Because I, I was I'm like a Scotch guy, and so um, I'm either Scotch or vodka, right? And so, but then you know throughout the the day the years There's or whatever. Two opposite ends of the stick. <laughs> it <laughs> right. is. It is. And then um and so as I got you know just more into it, then kind of got started getting inter- interested in whiskey and. Just the process of it and, like, 
playing with char levels and this kind of wood and this barrel and that barrel and stuff like that. And so, you know, them, remember the first ones, we had like some little bitty um, little oh, tester barrels yeah, that we got the from some place like in Pearland. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I know the ones you're talking about. They sell them so you can put your own whiskey yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like accelerates the aging mm -hmm. and kind of, you can kind of get an idea. And we when we tapped that first little barrel after like, I don't know, like 30 days. Like, this is pretty good. Like, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? This is cool. That's just 30 days. Yeah. And, and then, and then uh, so then we just started buying barrels, you know, um, smaller size so that it would, uh, you know, we wouldn't have to wait as long, but uh, get the age equivalent. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of them going now. So, um, like I said, we're going to pull it all for the holidays. So is it difficult to find? Uh, so many people are barrel aging everything from beers to to spirits these days there's seems like there's more demand for those barrels than ever was it hard to find barrels nah yeah nah that's pretty easy i mean really? they're, they're out there yeah i mean we get you get inundated with like cooperages like hey check out our you know what i'm right, saying so right. they're, they're, people they're, trying to sell them to you yeah, yeah. they're out mm -hmm. there for so sure. <laughs> i've Cooperages always wondered, are right now going hey we used to be a small business and now yeah. we're big <laughs> right. I've, right. I've always wondered though what that uh, for for a distiller like what that process is like like when you go to check out the barrel like do you put your head inside the barrel and smell like how do you how do you figure out this is going to be the right one so you know basically all it is is like every well, first you got to commit to just walking away from it for a minimum of like six months before mm -hmm. you can even mm -hmm. bother. Because it's got to impart something yeah, over it's time. Yeah, it's got to you know it's got to get started or whatever, and then inevitably you just can't take it anymore, and you start going over there <laughs> <laughs> and pulling the bung out, and just take your you know your dropper and pulling your something out. Yeah, and just trying to see like you know what's going on in there, you know. Uh, do you start out with a specific amount of time that you know you're going to to have it rest in the barrel, or do you say we'll know when we get there by sampling it? The, the, the first thing was it was pretty much know when we get there by sampling it. So we have one particular barrel that we do our samples, and as it was getting there, getting there, getting there, and one day it was just like it's time. That, that's that's that's, that's it, good. It's here. It's yeah. here. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I love that. And you know you got the color and mm -hmm. right. you're, you're all that stuff plays the, a big the part. The nose. You're looking at all the factors. Yeah. Sure. The, you know the hardest challenge about whiskey though is like, what proof do you want to introduce it to the public at? Right? Because see, I like it at a higher proof because that's the flavors are just way more intense. Yeah, more so, intense, yeah. You know, but like a lot of people don't like stuff that's over a hundred proof. Like <laughs> but I'm mean, scared. You know, so I mean Ian's like, who are those people? <laughs> right, right. Those aren't people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Straight I understand up. it though. I mean if you are a more casual um uh whiskey drinker um, that that can be a little off putting, yeah. and yeah. you you're like you know I don't want to I don't want that kind of of heat. I'm looking to enjoy the flavors, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I get it. I mean, it's uh, I think over time, if you you there's know a, if you drink a, a lot of that it, though, yeah, add water. Well, you're absolutely right, and it will change the flavor slightly, but add water. Yes, yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Little ice cube in there. Mm -hmm. That is that, that is totally. Anyway, anyway, you want to drink it. Totally we got a couple go. uh, comments on here. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, Wiki Brian says Kentucky Common is a once popular ale from around Louisville, mm -hmm. uh, about 1850 up to Prohibition. Oh wow, very interesting. So, uh, amber in color, light brown, uh, amber to light brown in color, uh, aroma light. Uh, Light hop, possible slight berry esters, um, DMS aromas. Well, I'm really uh, interested to try this. High carbonation and four to five and a half ABV. 
Mm, nice. So, and then Bruce Stark or On Stark says, "Where is Highway Vodka available? Is it in Texas only?" So, Texas, Georgia, brick and mortar, so mm-hmm. far. Uh, just got into Florida and California. That's cool. Can, yeah, but they can um, order it online via ReserveBar.com and oh, get it shipped anywhere. ReserveBar.com. ReserveBar.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it can right. go anywhere. We will ship it to you anywhere. Awesome. That that's that's so great. And I know that there are some regulations about buying uh, buying this online, but you guys don't have any problem uh, with ReserveBar.com being able to do that, right? No. Yeah. That's the whole. They've taken care of yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's but brick and mortar, total wine specs, all the mm-hmm. chain stores right. in Texas. Yeah. I've I've seen this on the shelf at Specs. Proudly displayed, so it's a yeah. pretty awesome thing. It's a pretty awesome thing. Well, uh, Ian, let's crack open uh, another beer in the segment. I'm uh, watching the time. I think we got just enough time in this segment to do a black IPA. This is from B52 Brewing in Conroe. So even in Conroe, which for those of you that don't know, it's a, a small suburb north of uh, Houston, Texas. Even in Conroe, there's more than one great brewery going on. So, oh yeah, Southern Stars. Yeah. I don't know if you're a fan of stouts, but if you had the Southern Star Buried Hatchet Stout, oh, it's fantastic! It's unbelievable. Just yeah, one of the, honestly, one of the best. One of the stouts. better stouts there are, I think. Uh, it's up there with uh, with uh, Founders Breakfast Stout. It's mm-hmm. up there with uh, uh, all the classics. And today we'll be trying the Anchorage uh, Brewing um, Imperial Stout, uh, mm. so that's going to be. So I'm excited about these because I haven't tried anything from them. Is that it? We're Yes, that's it. Counting. Yeah. I was just pouring and passing. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor pass, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, All right, so here goes a black yeah, idea. I got a chuckle from our producer. On that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> poor, poor pass. Mm, well, uh, on you the, can smell the on hop the, right off. I the was going to say on the nose, it comes across like an IPA, but what I'm expecting is a little more roasted, malty vibe dark. than a typical IPA. But yeah, you're right. It's like right. it wow. reminds me of like a, a, a Shiner Black, is which like is rich, uh, dark, which like is not an IPA, heat. but. <clears throat> mm. Almost, a, almost a little bit out. of phased out. Wow, to it when you hold up that's an IPA. But it All really day. has lots of that roasted malt going like on weed. for an IPA. <laughs> All I taste. You taste what? what? Weed. weed. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's what it tastes like. To I don't me, think there's any so of that. Some of the, that's, that's some of the IPA. Uh, some of the hops are, have a dankness to them. Yeah, that, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is like yeah, that. that's where that comes from. I, I usually think, don't is. drink that much beer, so I'm learning a lot mm-hmm. today. Well, <laughs> I don't know that we're the best to learn from. <laughs> but this, is, uh, this is delicious. It really is good. Isn't it's it? weirdly fizzy for me to like it too. Uh, no, it's, it's I, good. I agree because generally one of the things I'm most critical about with IPAs is if they're too carbonated. And in this case, it's very carbonated, and I love that. Very carbonated, yeah. but it works. But it kind of this. works. You know what it is? I think it, it's the richness of that toasted malt flavor. Yeah. the uh, It kind of works against, I'll say, the carbonation, and they balance each other out real nicely. What does it say on the can here? Mm-hmm. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink <laughs> I see how you would laugh at that every time. Every I time. would too. Is, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm like, our, our, right. our, like oh, my, my wife is like, really? He's still doing that? <laughs> well, if you want a joke to get funnier, you got to tell it more. That's true. Uh, that our classic really black IPA, dry hopped with loads of Cascade Centennial and uh, Chinook hops. Uh, it gives that old school citrusy and piney character. It's that piney. Taste. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. With a uh, roasty backbone, we all love. This is a 
This is an incredibly interesting IPA. I yeah, like this. Cool. I'm for it. I love the way it smells. Yeah, well, it's uh, so we got to have these guys on the show. I think we're. Uh, I poured uh, myself a little bit more, so I want to try it when it warms up a little oh, yeah, bit and see what happens. That should be interesting. Now, it, it's another place Ian and I differ, and I understand and agree with everything he said about about temperature and drinking. I just still like my beer really cold. Yeah, that's, that's how I like to drink it. So, uh, uh, But there are some things. So I, mean, I understand. It's different, like, different for me for different I probably like this cold because it was really good the way it is now. Yeah. I just want to try it warm too, but mm-hmm. there's some beers like when I'm drinking stouts or uh, uh, bigger IPAs, I usually like them to warm up a little bit because mm-hmm. you get more flavors out of it. Well, speaking know? of stouts, Are we room temperature warm or like what do you mean? Not usually room temperature, but below. We're talking about like 50 degrees ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of people talk about that with wine. They say, well, you're supposed to drink red wine at room temperature. Right. Well, what they miss about that—that's room temperature in France. Exactly, and room temperature in France <laughs> yeah. is yeah. not, not Texas. 88 degrees or 100 <laughs> degrees like right. it can be in in, wow. in Texas. Never thought about uh, it. It's, it's, it's true, much yeah. cooler. So so mildly cool is the best temperature according to. Wine aficionados yeah. uh, for red wine. So in the in the mid sixties is what they're because a lot of right. people like even up north. Uh, uh, my brother in law and my sister live in Pennsylvania. They have a, a cold room in their basement. Right, and and that's where he keeps stores his beers. And most of the time, it doesn't even make it to the fridge. When even I, in the middle of summer. When I lived in Pennsylvania, I had a cold room in my entire house. <laughs> the whole house was drafty <laughs> and cold. Uh, uh, I'm telling you. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so that's when when I talk about warming up, I don't necessarily mean room temperature. Um, mm. Although, I, if you can drink a beer at room temperature and it's still good, that's that says okay. something about it. Yeah, would be interesting sure. to see that. Yeah. I, I will mm-hmm. say, I enjoyed. I mean, we tried your vodka at room temperature. Right. I enjoyed good. tasting <laughs> beer at room temperature, but if I'm going to drink one, I want it to be cold. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. But yeah. certain true, true, styles true. are just more fun when they're cold. Like if I'm drinking a lager or um, uh, something along those lines, I definitely want it colder. Uh, yeah, that's Ian, crisp, clean. That's that's yeah. meant to. Just... Could I see that B52 can uh, yes, for just a moment? The one that says, "According to the search." Yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> I was just going to look at it because I don't see it. I thought maybe there would be some mountains Maples. that turn blue when the beer was cold enough, but apparently not. As a matter of fact, what you'll notice about how this, are we going to know if the beer is cold? Let's talk yeah, about this. True. Let's talk about this in a lot of craft brews. By the way, this is a seven point two percent. Oh, and it doesn't oh, wow. come across boozy at all. No. Let's talk about this. This is a uh, a basic 16 ounce can with a label just stuck to it. Uh huh. Yeah. Just a sticker. Well, you see, a, it's you not see, printed on the can. You see a lot that. of that though with the uh, with the seasonal and and yeah, So you're seeing a lot of that, especially with seasonals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I want to point out one thing that unlike macro brews, they spend a lot less. Pardon on me. The they spend a lot less on the packaging and more on the ingredients to the instrument. Well, or to the, to the. I'm sorry, the the beer. I'm looking at my instrument here. Um, but but Ian, before you criticize, don't you remember several years ago when Miller Lite changed their packaging, and how much better the beer was? <laughs> don't you remember the Vortex bottle? Yeah, that's that's to with, this day with, that's my favorite. With the two inch yeah. neck yeah. that had some fluting in there, which, because by that the way, makes it. Which drink. by the way. Didn't Which, work. No, it doesn't. It it's didn't not work enough. At all. And, and not only did it not change the flavor, but it didn't vortex. It just poured down poured there. Poured straight down. It was, right. it was stupid. Yes, absolutely. 
But you got to sell the packaging. You're, yes. you're not selling the beer at that pace. These well, guys are doing the exact opposite. This beer is delicious. Yeah, the packaging doesn't need to be much, although it's cool. You yeah, know? It's, it's cool. I like it's called it's phased cool. out. So you've got this. Yeah, you got a phase color there. Yeah. Phase from uh, pink to purple. Well, I just I just like to announce that I would be happy to offer my services as a beer consultant. If you are drinking, if you are drinking a brand that does not have color-coded mountains on the can, and you need to know if your beer is cold for a very small fee, I will be happy to sample your beer and let you know if it's cold or not. It's a tough job. You know, job. I have a cold detector. Somebody's got to do it right, that I keep with me at all times. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yep. watch. I'll show you how I use it. <laughs> that beer is actually pretty cool. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Now it's not like just came out of the freezer, out of the freezer, or out of an ice chest. Right. Cold. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's like came cold. out of the fridge about half hour ago. Cool. You're you're right mm. on it. So you're you're very good at this. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Guess what's happening next, folks? You've been waiting, and it's here. Drinking, Drinking news. news. <laughs> Drinking news. There'll be time for drinking news. <laughs> Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are so glad to have you uh, with us on the program today. Our uh, special guests are Ben and Cody from uh, Highway Vodka. And I, I just have to say, Cody. <laughs> This cocktail. <laughs> Holy moly. Okay, I, before you leave, I have to write this down. But I can I will make forget. you another one, too, well, if you would like. Oh, I could never presume <laughs> to ask for another cocktail. No, you don't have to ask. I'm uh, telling you, I'll make you another uh, one. Uh, you know, uh, I, Ian, what do you think? Should I ask for another cocktail? Come on, Ian. Well, I mean, I wouldn't turn one down if one popped up. Okay, fair so enough. another fair round enough. for the yeah, table. Another round for the table All right, is, let's do it. is good. But before you leave the studio today, I, I you've got to give me the exact stuff again of so course. I write it down. it's also I want to make on our website too oh um, it is okay cool yes. yeah that's good enough. and that's called the pineapple express and then the margarita is called the heroina and the heroina margarita without the headache so mm-hmm. is uh, your website is it highwayvodka.com correct mm-hmm. okay yep. we want to make sure we got that mm-hmm. all right ian time to pick up your musical instrument sir because it's time once this again the ukulele of doom <laughs> Something about that just works. That could be your album title. <laughs> it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Did you forget out there? Drinking oh. news, <laughs> drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said. I don't know why this is not working today. I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, <laughs> drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida Jeez, man. <laughs> well, welcome to Drinking News for uh, show number 225. Not and all good stories start man. with the phrase, a Florida man. And we've but had a, every story that starts with the phrase, a Florida, a Florida man, man, is, is a, a good, good story. story. Yes. And we honestly, we've had a flurry of them. Uh, but today's uh, today's drinking news is actually not a Florida man story, because there are drinking news worthy things that go on in other parts of the world. <laughs> Believe it or not, 
Now, while no man can say that he totally understands women, some guys are a little further behind the curve than others. Introducing Mike, who shared his story with the world on TikTok. Mike P89, or at Mike P89 on TikTok, said that he'd noticed that his wife had gained just a, quote, little bit of weight lately, end quote, on the social media platform where he regularly posts videos. Ian, I, I can see this look on your face like, <laughs> troubles coming. A brewing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he surprised his wife with a gift that would motivate her to lose a pound or two. <laughs> uh, not expecting what would happen. Uh, in a video that has now been viewed on TikTok almost 17 million times, <laughs> Mike claims, what I decided to do was, for her birthday, I bought her a really, really nice dress, but it was just a couple of sizes too small. Ooh. I put a note on it. Oh, it, it gets worse. Warning. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> oh, I no. put a note on it, he says, and he shares all this in the video. So here's to him for being willing to share. Uh, I put a note on it, he said, that says, I'm really looking forward to seeing you in this. Thinking, you know, might motivate her, right? But what she said left him, uh, <clears throat> well, a little embarrassed. He explained that after he left the dress, two sizes too small, and the note, uh -oh. he came home several days later, and on the counter <laughs> I know it were is. a pack of condoms I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> that were, let's just say, the magnum size, <laughs> no. way too big for uh, Mike P89, <laughs> had a note on it from his wife that says, I'm really looking forward to seeing you in these. She is smart. Since posting his story on TikTok, Poor it's Reed. been liked more than two and a half million times. <laughs> I have to go find that. And has received more than 28,000 comments. And wow. that, ladies and gentlemen, is your drinking news. Drinking news. That was time for drinking news. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you had heard good. this story before? No, I knew. I went, went, you you I, just saw it yeah, coming. I saw it yeah, coming. You saw it coming. I have to go find the TikTok video yeah. now. Uh, so it's at Mike underscore P underscore eighty nine. Mike P eighty nine. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So there that's you go. So funny that uh, you know the drinking news stories are always stories that we at least believe to be true. Yeah, right. that happened. As as Ian's uh, <laughs> yeah. As, yeah. as Ian's song says, I've got a story and I swear it's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we at least try not to. Uh, you know, we, we don't get them from the onion. Is what I'm saying. So, gotcha. so uh, it's good stuff. Although the onion um, is hilarious. I, I and you, let me tell you what else is awesome. This cocktail that, <laughs> I, now have, that I now have a fresh one. Of. Oh man! So I, told this you is, I looked away for a minute. The pineapple express has you. returned. <laughs> it is pulled into the station, and cheers, it's, it's wonderful. Yes. Cheers! Absolutely. This is no, honestly. Cheers! Cheers! Uh, there, are, <laughs> yes, there are cocktails that I describe as like really interesting. It's kind of like you know, 
it's got like some beers. Like there's some beers that I really interesting and I love to taste them, <laughs> and then there's other beers that I love to drink. Yep, yep, this yep. is a cocktail that I love to drink. Okay, yes. so you really want that so, recipe then? Oh, you okay. gotta, I'm making this tonight. Are you kidding me? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm making this Look tonight. At that packaging. Mm-hmm. This right here. Wow. So yeah. So Ian's and now uh, I'm, I'm just pouring. I'm pouring it out. I just want you to know it has the consistency of used motor oil. Oh, not not just <laughs> motor oil. Literally. Used motor oil. Yeah, it's it's thicker from having been in the crankcase for this long. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. So this is an imperial IPA. So an imperial obviously is. There's, I, I, I'm sorry, not IPA, uh, oh, Imperial like Stout. Coffee. Bigger. Oh, it, there's, there's, there's Stout. There's more. There's <gasps> double Stouts. Fermented and then there's and Imperial aged, Stout. Imperial Stout fermented and aged in Missouri oak finished on coconut amazing. and coffee. Yeah. All that smells of coffee. Brewed and bottled by Anchorage Brewing Company, Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink <laughs> alcoholic beverages See, during pregnancy. I'm telling you, it gets funnier. Oh, okay. it, it just gets to, funnier. This is um, really good. So, it Ian, is, uh, what is the ABV on uh, uh, Did you take a sip English? yet? Uh, no, I haven't. I've take only smoked wow. and then I'll tell you. Oh, my goodness. Woo, baby. This I made is my like, mouth water. <laughs> yeah, oh, this, this is this is, is coffee this and is coconut crazy. ridiculousness. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is almost ready like this? a meal. It really is. Oh, oh, it keeps getting better. Yes, it does. Put like, some creamer in this. Like cocoa nibs <laughs> on the end and stuff. This yeah. is fifteen point five percent. Oh wow! Yeah, this, this is, is big. This is getting up there with some of the beers you bring in. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so tell me where we can find this yeah, one. That's yeah, a good this one. is. Uh, well, this is Anchorage. Um, did you get this local? I don't think I got that one local. Gotcha. I think this I got that one online. But, uh, yeah, but it is really, really good. Um, there is, there is probably, yeah, probably more did. viscosity. A lot to of this discussion. beer than I think any beer I've had in a very it's long like time. Sure. Beer. I like it's, beers. It's, it's I almost like, like a syrup. Look at yeah, yeah, look at, look at how it clings to the glass. This is the best part. Let me get this up by the camera. Look at that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's just Crazy. stuck there. I'm and impressed. Then, and then the little chunks of stuff in there mm-hmm. are yeah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you what that is. Yeah. Uh, That's usually I, dead may, yeast bodies. You may not want to know. You may not want to know. A little bit won't hurt you. If you get a beer that has a lot of that, you're going to be gassy. Yeah, and there have been beers that Ian has brought in before that were actually chewy. Like there was stuff sticking to your teeth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. this is not this is not that bad. But there but there are some chunks in there. You know, with with IPAs, especially with uh, hazies, uh, you can sometimes get some hop resin. Residue powder that will kind of cling to the bottom of your resin glass. Resin is a good word. Yeah, resin is good. Word. <laughs> because this, the, the viscosity of this is amazing, and like even it, it, it holds it on your lips. Like yeah, yeah, it's like it's, it's really stuck something. On my Honestly, yeah, you could flavor. pour this on pancakes, couldn't you? So, I mean, that's what it. it yeah, it so there's a little like syrupiness to breakfast. it. Breakfast. Yeah, and um, so okay, so if you like this and you can't find it, it's funny you say breakfast because Founders makes mm. what's called their breakfast stout. And, and I would highly recommend you can, you can get it. H E B a lot of times will have it or whatever. Founders. And it and their breakfast stout and then anytime uh Southern Stars um buried hatchet. Buried hatchet stout. Okay. Buried hatchet comes in a little four pack of cans mm-hmm. and it's uh, I can't imagine this in a can. Now they're not brewed with coconut. <laughs> Right, right. You know, this but they're going to have coconut-y. a lot of the same characters. This yeah. has got a coconutty mm. flavor to it. Yeah. But, uh, it's like a, uh, but, a hint. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, so, so I wanted to do this because we were disappointed last week 
because I brought in the abyss from the oh, and it was gone. Yeah, that had just cellared a little too long, uh, and we opened it up, and sauce. it was soy sauce. So wow. I was like, we gotta do a really good imperial stout. This is amazing. So I've only had this one for like a couple of months, and. Uh, uh, I was excited to this bring it in so good. And, and do this. But, yeah, it really is. It's like, and, you know, it's one of the things that people who are not as big into craft beer may not realize is, like, they may have had an IPA and thought, yeah, that isn't really, for me, that's not a taste I like. There are so many styles of craft beer now. You can find something that appeals to you, uh, whether it's something like, you know, the lager that we had at the first of the show yeah. today, or whether it's something dark and delicious Jeez, like this, or whether pours. you're like me and you almost can't get Crazy. too many hops That's in one good. can. Yeah, uh, like you know, there's like there's a beer for you, and it's our job here at Smoking and Toasting to drink more and more so we can help you find Speaking it. Speaking of which, that uh, black <laughs> yeah. lager. Yeah. Holds up, warm like almost. Room oh, so you went up. back. You went back to the uh, to the B fifty two phased out, and it holds up just fine. As a matter of fact, I can taste it even through, even after the which, which is saying something. Which because is this saying something. Well, that thing's probably more. about five hundred calories. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure Good it doesn't. Grief. Yeah. No, it doesn't say. No, leave that little. No beer off. would never put the calorie count on <laughs> it unless the calorie count is close to 100. You'll never see yeah, the calorie exactly. count on yeah. beer. I remember actually in the early days of St. Arnold. I remember going on their website, and there was a, a thing you could click on about uh, oh, wow. about calories in their beer, and basically it was a paragraph saying. You know, we want you to just enjoy our right. beer and not worry right. about the. Calories. This is about indulgence. En- enjoy in if moderation. You're, if you're worried that. about calories in beer, drink vodka. Basically. Now, that, now that's a good point. And drink Highway. That, that's a good point. So, Highway Vodka, you guys, uh, are you available in multiple sizes or is this your normal? Yeah, so we have the yeah. 750, the liter, and actually our big Texas handle is coming out this spring. Very Ooh, soon. Yes. Very nice. nice. Very nice. Yes. We call Tex- it the big joint. The Texas handle. The big- <laughs> yeah, I like that. Texas that's handle. That's so good. That's so good. Um, do you guys think, well, I tell you what, we, we need to probably take a break and we'll come back here uh, for our final segment. But what I want to ask you, uh, before we break is do you think that if uh, marijuana is legalized in Texas because it's not legal now although it's been decriminalized pretty mm-hmm. pretty intensely yep. uh, but do you think if it is ultimately legalized do you think it will have an impact on the spirits industry will people drink less vodka less craft beer because it will now be legal to go to a dispensary and get uh, something to smoke. No. Alcohol's been around. I don't think it's just going to phase so out. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> right, that's true. That's very well, true. No, it's not like it's really difficult <laughs> to find. And I think they just go right? hand yeah. in hand. Right, you know, you right. can't have one without the other. <laughs> well, and you guys are well, you guys are great proof of that. As you, yeah, right. As say, you brought the hemp together some. with the uh, <laughs> the vodka. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. Obviously, it's coming. It's coming to every yeah, state sure. eventually. Uh, it's just a matter of you know the timing being right. There, and all of that. there was a distributor that actually, um, when we first were getting started, that turned us down for that very fact because that, of the uh, hemp. Yes, and they viewed anything, any kind of way related to cannabis was gonna was a threat to the spirits I was say, industry. Did they turn you down, you know, for quote unquote moral reasons? That or was part, it yeah. or was it because of the it being a threat to the spirits industry both, in their mind? Both. But like primarily they thought that anything related to that plant 
is a threat to the spirits industry. But again, it's not like it hadn't been. It's, it's, it's always been there. Now you could just right. go get it in the open. And it's not going to be. And, and they, they've done studies on this. It's not like it's a ton of new adapters because mm-hmm. now that it's legal. It, right. You know, you go to Amsterdam, it's funny, like been there a couple of times they, they haven't lost any uh, spirit sales yeah exactly right. and the kids they're they, they don't, go they don't, it's not a big deal you know once right. they remove that whole taboo stuff out of it it's like mm-hmm. it's like cigarettes either you smoke them or you don't you know yeah right. so, for sure right. but if you're, if you're of age like it, you, you either do or you don't you yeah, yeah. that's it you know? well um it I, I think it's gonna be interesting when it when it does arrive because i i have a feeling that it'll wind up being very much like what the spirits industry and the craft beer industry actually is like now where the competitive products if you will are actually incredibly supportive of each other for the most part mm-hmm. and people kind of figure out hey what what helps you helps me and and we're all kind of doing this together if we have right. an enemy it's the uh uh, it's the guys with the mountains on the can, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or or yeah. whatever, you know right. what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, so I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back with our final segment uh, to thank you guys for being here. But uh, wow, I'm still I'm still just completely <laughs> wowed by this cocktail. This is just delicious. <laughs> Pineapple Express, y'all, get it on the uh, get it on the website at highwayvodka.com and make it tonight with some highway vodka. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Pineapple Express, y'all. That's all, it, that's all I'm saying. I'm going there after the stout. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, I finished off my uh, yeah. my stout here. So, uh, like if you have so, more of that, I would like a stout. Oh, really, look at that. Yeah, I think I so, might have found my beer. Uh, you might have yeah. found your beer. I think well, so. If you want to so, call it that. So, uh, uh, right. as, as Ian said, if you uh, if you don't uh, if you're not able to find this, look for Founders Breakfast Stout. Or uh, Southern Stars Buried Hatchet Stout, you will uh, you will dig both of those. Founders Porter actually would probably fit that. Cool. Too. Oh yeah, you're right. Founders Porter is good. It's we amazing. had that on the show not long you ago. You can't miss it. It says rich, dark, and sexy right on the. <laughs> I love it. Right on the package. I love it. Founders. Those guys. Those guys got it together. The first thing we had from Founders that we were not crazy about was their hard seltzer. Mm-hmm. Remember. Uh, their beers have gotten rave reviews yep. from us. It was it was what prompted Ian to say, in one of the better uh, smoking and toasting quotes of the last couple of months, I realized I like beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like beer. Yeah. Could you it, imagine it a totally seltzer works. after this? It'd be like no. a palate no. cleanser. No. Yeah. <laughs> it it would really be. That's all it is. You know, to me, a seltzer's, uh, and I'm I'm not like, you know, ragging on anybody that likes them, but but. To me, a seltzer is what you have if you really want to start drinking, but you got just that little bit of work left to do, and so you want to kind of ease into it. <laughs> That's literally you know? what yeah. it is. Yeah. Exactly. And that that yeah. seems like that seems appropriate. For when that, you're moving from your flavored sparkling water to right, the after right. work, yeah, uh, so, <laughs> my, a gentle migration yeah. to buzzdom. <laughs> <laughs> that nicely claimed. That, that sure. is going to be the title of my autobiography. <laughs> A gentle migration to buzzdom. That is brilliant. That is fantastic. Oh, well, uh, Ben and Cody, thank you guys so much for coming on, sharing Highway Vodka with us. I'm so thrilled you guys have done this and and shared it with the world. And it is. uh, But I didn't ask you this. But what is a uh, what is one of these uh, 750 mil 
uh, bottles retail for Typically generally Typically a total speaking. wine you'll find it for $19.99. Oh, I've got to love that. Yeah, isn't, life, isn't this a wonderful oh, place we live? <laughs> God bless America. You'll get like four or five bottles yeah. at a time. Yeah. 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 Right, right. And you said you've got the handle bottle coming out uh, yes. soon, yes. right? Yes, yep. And so when uh, do we, we have a date? Yet for your uh, the facility. Uh, whiskey release ah the the yeah the whiskey release definitely holidays of twenty twenty one yeah probably okay. December and well let's uh, plan to have you back when you have some whiskey oh for sure yes, let's do it and, and we, one, one cool thing too um, our event center hopefully going to be opening up right at the top of twenty twenty two like we have about seven and a half acres beautiful property literally ten minutes from downtown Houston. All wooded what, in yeah, with what the area creek. of town are you guys in? So it's right off of Cullen in the Beltway, next to Adair Park. So right okay. like Pearland okay. is. Yeah, right before yeah. Pearland, literally, like the last. So when you say event center, what kind of events will you be able to do there? Full blown. Anything. Yes, basically. <laughs> really? Anything. Wow. So you're talking concerts, you're concerts, talking uh, right. you glamping, know, uh, tastings, camping, yeah, camping, fashion shows if you sleepovers. want to. Oh, whatever. I'm so down. I'm so down. <laughs> you know what I'm sleepovers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Whatever. That's awesome. Let's do it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Is, is, is sleepover the new word for I drank too much, so I'm going to go sleep in my house? Yeah, exactly we'll have what space it is. for yeah, that yeah, person. That's exactly what it is. You know, I used to have a camper on, on an old truck that I had, and I literally, like, when I traveled long distances, mm-hmm. I would literally just pull over at a truck stop or at a Walmart parking lot, crawl into the camper, and yeah, go sleep. Hey, Could have used that last night. Doing, yeah. This is a slight detour, but mention. have you have you seen Nomadland? Huh. Okay, it's a brilliant movie. It's not exactly a documentary because it's fictional, but it's based on true stuff. And Francis McDormand from Fargo and uh, a number of other things is in it. It got all kinds of Oscar nominations this year, and I think it's on HBO Max because so many movies don't wind up going to the theaters these days. Right. They, come, right. they come to streaming. But uh, fascinating for what you were Nomadland, talking about. Yeah. Nomadland, yeah. yeah nice. Nomadland. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating about people that live this very nomadic lifestyle sort of living out of a camper or a truck with a camper on it and and what their yeah, lives are like. Fascinating stuff. A lot of uh, like uh, YouTubers do that, like mountain yeah. bike YouTubers Absolutely, and adventure-style yeah. YouTubers. Yeah, they just, they just get out there and it, it's... Conversion van and I, go with it. You know, it's, it's not necessarily a glamorous lifestyle, the way it's portrayed in the movie, but the characters are so interesting. And that's a nice chapter and, for your yeah. book of life to do that. Right, uh, I, sure. I, I, I slow like migration to My <laughs> slow migration to <laughs> Buzzed up. Uh, chapter, chapter 22, Can't Nomadland. Nomad. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, I like it. Thank you guys so much for being on the program. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. Now, Ian, I, I would like you to recognize something. You have accused me on a number of occasions of being a man who knows how to hold a grudge. Yes. So I'm proud to announce that next week on this program, Smoking and Toasting. We will be joined by cocktail expert and bar owner extraordinaire, Peter Clifton. Because you may remember Peter like was a no-show Uh-oh. when he was scheduled for the show. I do, yes. Uh, on and Valentine's on Day. On Valentine's Day. And of we were doing cocktails for Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Oh, no. that, was, that was the show. And uh, he was a no-show. And uh, um, let's just say I'm, I'm putting it behind me. <laughs> I'm learning. 
I'm growing. I'm becoming a bigger person. That's chapter 17 in my book. Uh, what, was, what was the title again? Slow the Gentle Migration. The Gentle Migration. Chapter 17 is called Becoming a More Beautiful Man. Becoming a More Beautiful Man. No, but in all seriousness, uh, Peter's coming back to make great cocktails That'll for us That would be awesome. Week, so. He was fun the first time Yeah, he, he was really on. was. He, and he's, uh, he's a genuinely nice dude, and I don't know what wires got crossed last time, but I am learning to let bygones be bygones. <laughs> and you know what? Here's, here's what I've learned... You know, as I have grown in my gentle migration towards buzzdom, I have learned. You got to do it. So, uh, I have learned that if you, like me, are looking to grow as a human being, that finding a way to allow bygones to be bygones is always easier. When great drinks are involved. Yes. Amen. And so we will see you here next week on Smoking and Toasting for that. Thank you guys Thank again you, so man. much. Thank you. Congratulations on your great success with Highway Thank Vodka. Appreciate and we it. can't wait to taste your whiskey. Yes. And uh, uh, awesome. I'm so making this tonight at okay, home. Okay, I'll give you oh a Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Pineapple Express. Woo! Highway Vodka. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Ha <laughs>